Welcome to the Invested Dads Podcast, simplifying financial topics so that you can take action and make your financial situation better, helping you to understand the current world of financial planning and investments. Here are your hosts, Josh Robb and Austin Wilson. All right. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to the Invested Dads Podcast, a podcast where we take you on a journey to better your financial future. Today, Josh. Wow. Six months have passed. That's right. Now we are going to be talking about what everyone has been waiting a full six months to hear. That's right. The results of the inaugural first annual repeating, repeating probably, uh, Invested Dads Fantasy Stock Draft. That's right. Just as a recap, Austin and I picked 10 different stocks. 10 stocks. 10 stocks. They could each be in one sector. 10 stocks in 10 sectors. in one sector. Well, yeah. 10 stocks in 10 different sectors. Uh, There are 11 sectors, so we could leave one sector out, our choice. We could not choose the same stock, and we had fake money involved, so we could be able to buy shares and show it as a returns and all of our fun formulas. So no real money was involved. This was just more a picking game to see what happens over a six-month period. Yeah, we each had a hypothetical. Hypothetical. I wish it was real, but a hypothetical $100,000. Yep. And that was divided equally among our 10 stocks. So each stock, so we would have ended up getting partial shares, but each stock, we got $10,000 worth of that stock on June, as of the close on June 25th. That's right. That was our start date. And then our close date just ended Christmas, Christmas which day. really Christmas Day, the market wasn't open. So, so it Christmas would have been Eve. Christmas Eve, but 6 or 12.25 or 12.24 is what it ended up being. The total return, total return as of the close on that day. That for that six month period is where we were at. So, what that means is that any dividends that crept in would have been captured ideally in our calculations. Yep. So, Josh, um, I'm just going to say this: uh, you did okay. I, I, you know, surprisingly <laughs> between between the two of us, it, it turned out not like I would have anticipated. It. So I'm just going to run this down. All right. So the results are over that six month period, Josh Rob his portfolio over six months. Was up forty one point seven four percent. All right, forty one point seven four percent. That means on a one hundred thousand dollar initial investment, he made forty one thousand dollars in six months. Hypothetically, hypothetically, my portfolio was up, was much, also up. much less than Josh's. My portfolio was up fifteen point eight seven percent over that same period. So that means my hundred thousand dollar investment would have been. Uh, would have earned me an additional $15,000 on top of that. For reference, the S&P 500 with equal weighted sectors, so kind of the way we looked at it, was would have been up 20.2%, so a $20,000 return on that $100,000 investment. And then if you look at the SPY, or the, just the, think of the S&P 500 in market cap weighting itself, yep. That was up 22.36. So that one wasn't equal weighted. That Correct. was market cap weighted. Yep. We've talked about that in the past, what the difference is. Correct. Um, but high level, they were pretty close together. Yeah, actually closer than I thought they would have been. And that had definitely closed up the last month or so of yeah. the draft. But if we look at how our portfolios did over time, it was kind of all over the place. And uh, maybe we'll throw a graphic in the, in the um, post on the website. But it, there were periods where my portfolio was pretty up versus Josh's there were periods where the market was doing much better and both of and, us? and yeah. yeah and then things turned quickly 
because this is the thing with we had 10 stocks, right? Yep. When you have 10 stocks and something happens quickly, the diversification effect is not as strong. And uh, when you have 10 stocks, it can work either drastically in your favor or uh, against you. So I'm thinking specifically the month of November, Josh. That was the month where I was up going into, and that's pretty close to the end. You know, we're two-thirds of the way through, and I'm already, and I'm up, and I'm thinking, I'm feeling real good about things. Mm -hmm. And then the month of November was very, very good for more cyclical kind of value-oriented stocks that had been hammered during COVID that my portfolio was kind of built to avoid. And you had them, and you rode them, and they did very, very well. Yep. So back in June, we were making these picks. If you can think back to June of 2020, we were still coming into the summer months of COVID-19. And so the hope was that we'd be able to open back up the economy. But the worry was, you know, with the nicer weather, people get out and continue the spread. And we didn't know which direction it would be. So knowing I just had 10 stocks to pick, and I, I went the route of hoping that we'd have more openness in our economy and get more progress towards being open. So a couple of my picks. So I picked uh, Fiat Chrysler, which has the Jeep. And the main reason I picked it is because I like Jeeps. I own a Jeep. And so I picked that one. And that one was actually up 80% during our time frame. Shoo! So 81%. Almost 82. And then the other one I picked was Advanced 6, which is a materials. And they make a little bit of everything. They have a lot of stuff. But the idea there was as companies and they start ramping back up, they would need to resupply. And that was the play. And that was up almost 80% as well. So, you know, a couple of those plays. Another one that was more open up is I did own Delta. And so that one was up 45% and um, was beating the benchmark. And so those are a couple kind of more open plays. And then that, that played to like what Austin said was just the idea that you know, depending on what would have happened, if they would have gone more towards lockdown, your more tech-oriented right. holdings probably would have crushed mine. Yeah. And they did, really, until the vaccine news, mm-hmm. when the vaccine news started rolling in hot and heavy there for a handful of weeks. And we got Moderna, and we got yeah. Pfizer, and all these trials came out, and everything was happy and very, very favorable for, for that, for the reopening play is what we'll call it. That was when the tides shifted for you. And my portfolio was really built that this thing would last a little longer in terms of the market, and it really didn't. That was that was what worked. So yeah, so you had a couple, you had a handful of names that did very very well. I had one name uh, particularly that did exceptionally well, and that was Nvidia. Um, yes. Nvidia was my tech play, and it was up over forty percent over that period. I also had uh, I had WD forty because I use a lot of that myself. I thought that would be a good <laughs> pick. That one was up thirty five as well. There, our real estate holdings, however, Josh. So you had. Uh, American Tower and I had Digital Realty Trust. Did not do well. Now in the real world, there you know the the company's businesses were not negative like our stocks were during this time. You know you were down thirteen percent over the period. I was a little flat, but down a hair, point two percent. And the rest of the real estate industry was actually up almost eight. Yeah. That is really due to the fact that going into this period, those two holdings that we had had done very well this year. Mm-hmm. And they had gotten a little pricey compared to the rest of the uh, the rest of the real estate market, so they they were uh, unfavorably impacted there. So it's just it's very interesting when you take a step back to look at how this worked out, at how it it is exactly an example of what you would expect from active management. Yeah, yeah, it it really looks and that comes back to what we talk about when we talk about financial planning. You need to build in assumptions to look at your plan. How you know what do I need to be successful? But you can't just rely on. I think I'm going to always beat 
the benchmark. I right. think I'm always going to do better. If you put too high expectations on, you're going to have trouble meeting that end result. And it's like you said. So I just happened to, in the six-month period, beat the benchmark. Austin just happened to, in the six-month period, underperform the benchmark. Two active managers, two choices. Were any of these names wrong? No, because over a longer period of time, we've known historically all these names have done well. But it's just a matter of we're looking at a short period of time. Exactly. We know in any one year, it's it's hard to guess who's going to do well and who's not against the benchmark. Yeah. If you're just looking at 10 names, it's going to be hard to outperform every year. And so we know the longer you have, though, of holding high-quality names, the better you're going to be. So yeah, that's that's just kind of the net the uh, the nature of active management. You know, look at that. Look at things over a full ten year you know economic cycle, and the companies that you think are going to do well over that period. That's where you you know as active management should be putting your money. But over a six month period, that's anyone's guess at this point. You know, we chose to do it during the middle of a pandemic, and that was um, let's just say tough. And things were volatile, and there were big swings all the time. Josh, something that kind of amazed me is that if we we have a calculation on the spreadsheet that we built. You did this cool part where you had days one. So like days that you performed better than me and days that I performed better than you. How'd that turn out? Yeah, which was really surprising. So this is something I built early on as we were tracking. And I was as I was watching it through, we were pretty much 50-50 for most of the, the six-month time period. It was a toss-up who would win day over day. And so the end result was I was up 69 days. You were up 58 days. So, you know, within 10 days of each other, really, of who was up more than the other. Yeah. How much we were up in those days is what ended up giving the difference between those two. But overall, if you're just, again, looking at shorter periods of time, if you would have said, okay, am I going to go with Austin or Josh today on their holdings? It was a 50-50 chance who was going to get it. Yeah, you're right. It's some of the the swings that made the differences. So uh, a couple of statistics are Josh's highest daily return. He was his portfolio was up five point five nine percent in one day. Five point five nine percent in one yeah. day. That is that was a five thousand dollar change in his well potentially even more than that or whatever. But on his hundred thousand dollar investment, it bumped that much. Yeah. That's and huge. that was. That, I remember that day because that was when Delta and Fiat Chrysler had positive news because as those vaccine reports came out, those are some of the ones that had been beat down so heavy, they were up significantly. And yeah. then since we were equal weighted, I got pretty good participation in both those. Whereas on the flip side of that, I had a good day too. And my good day was, but my good day was not near as good as Josh's. It was about half actually. And I was, my best day was 3.24%, which is still historically speaking, good day. extremely good. Yep. But considering, you know, what I was competing against, actually not as good. And the, the uh, actual, the equal weighted S&P, their best day was 2.4%. But the thing is, the swings were a lot less yes. for that than they were even for us. So if you look at the flip side of that, so downside, on the downside, your lowest daily return was minus 4.37%, which is, again, a huge number. Big swing. A big swing in one day. Yep. If, My, you, if we go back and talk real money, if you had $100,000. That's a lot. And you lost $4,000 in one day. That would make you cry. Stressful. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, like you said, that's, you know, again, we're using fake money. So when I looked at that that day, I didn't... I didn't bat an eye. It right. didn't matter. I mean, I, I was frustrated because that meant we were, you know, getting closer together <laughs> when I was winning for a little, for a little while. But the, the idea was, you know, that's going to, yeah, I have 10 names. And if a couple of those underperform, then that could swing pretty significantly. Yeah. Whereas, so my, my lowest daily performance was actually 4.81%, so almost 5%, which is even more. 
And that just goes to show that the volatility, especially the downside volatility. So I was pretty heavily in tech. Mm-hmm. And tech had had a really good run and thus was more susceptible to bad news. Yep. And oh, that definitely hit me a couple times. The market's worst day, or no, we, don't, we won't even really call it the market, the equal weighted S&P sector yes. portfolio, their worst day was 4.01%. So again, less bad on the bad days, less good on the good days, kind of middle of the road. That's the market for you. And that kind of makes sense from what the truth of the matter is when it comes to investing. Wow. So after all these numbers, Josh, I think I need a break. Yes. I have a dad joke for you that incorporates one of your loves as well as the winter. So Austin can do motorcycle stunts in the snow. I can? It's really cool. Uh, Really cool. It's really cool. That's what I got. I actually just got some heated hand grips Ooh. for Christmas for my motorcycle, which means I can ride in blizzards now, except for I won't. <laughs> that, do you have a little windshield wiper yeah. for your, for your uh, helmet? Um, I mean, it'll, it really is going to extend my riding season. You know, if, That fall is when... Yeah, a few weeks later and a few weeks earlier, mm-hmm. it doesn't make me ride in the snow. Yes. Which is good. But, but wheelie, do, I can, do, really I can cool have a wheelie good day. time. Yes, there you go. Oh, wheelies are fun. Uh, so if we look back on, on my dirt again, bike. You know, Austin, you're... You're studying for level two of the CFA. Um, There's fun formulas and all those calculations. Relatively speaking, we were pretty close on the downside. You know, I was 4.3, you're 4.8. Yep. Equal weight is four. And then the upside was five and a half, three, and then two. So from an active standpoint, you know, our alpha varies. You know, I had some significant alpha when you look at the end result of outperformance true and then you had underperformance so then you have negative alpha and alpha is just the difference between what you get and what the market or exactly. the benchmark is yep but again when you look at a short time period and this is coming back to when we talk with our clients about how we invest and it says well why didn't you get rid of that manager they didn't do well this year and our answer always is well we're pretty patient when it comes to firing because we do a lot of research on the front end and hopefully this is true for anybody out there doing their own investing is you want to make sure you know the people, the process, yep. the price you're paying into, and those, the fundamentals, everything within there that I like what they're doing, and I will be okay if at some points in time they do not do as well as the benchmark. Yeah. If you are constantly trading out and chasing that top manager, history has shown most top managers underperform in the following years. Because, again, if they're long-term holders, they probably had a good run, kind of what Austin experienced with his. If we took a full-time year period, his portfolio is probably a whole lot better than mine because of the run-up tech had prior to the June 25th start date. Yeah, it probably would have done really well historically. But, again, this it's those short-term periods that it could have continued, you know, for all we would have known, which would have been crazy also. So this year was a specific example of uncertainty. But I think that... Every year is really a period of uncertainty. So yeah, you really just going on. you just need to buy good companies that are ran well, that have good fundamentals and are growing, and that you understand and trust the business. Yep. And then if you're using mutual funds or ETFs, you buy into a process that you agree with, yep. that how they're choosing the holdings, whatever, however that is, that you agree with that, and then you stick with it. Yeah. Because again, over the long run, if you choose the right managers, they will give you what you need from a performance standpoint. Exactly. And then asset allocation, again, comes back to, I got to be invested in a way that I can tolerate that. Yeah. I got to be able to sit through that 5% up, 4.5% drop, so that in the long run, 
I finished up 40%. Right. If I would have panicked when it dropped 4% in one day, I would have missed out on that yeah. full total return. And that's something that we need to keep in the back of our minds is that, again, this is 10 stocks. A diversified portfolio, according to most research, says you need around 30 yeah. to be diversified, to take the single name risk, not mm-hmm. out of the equation, but to lessen it enough that you can sleep at night. And the the ups and downs, the ups would have been less high for you had yep. you been in 30 names. Mm-hmm. The downs probably for both of us would have been less high as well had we been more broadly diversified. But this is an example of just, hey, what can two guys who talk about you know finances see what happens in six months? This is we don't invest our own money for six month time periods. Yeah. Six month time periods kind of really put a lot of noise in the picture, and we're trying to avoid that in in real world. Um, but this exercise, I think, it proved a lot of cool things. First of all, that we can have a fun rubbing have fun rubbing it in each other's faces. Who's winning every day? Yeah. Mostly Josh. Well, so and and it comes back to that research. So one of the ones I didn't mention, I chose Noah which is Noah Holdings, and the ticker is N-O-A-H, which my oldest son's name is Noah, which is why I chose it. knew nothing about this company. I had to actually Google them to figure out who they were once I found out they had a ticker like that. And they're a Chinese financial advising large conglomerate company. I don't even really know. It was up 72%. Yep. Zero research on that. You wouldn't Zero. have bought that with I your own money. I only picked it right. because of the ticker. Right. That is not how you invest money. Exactly. This was, again, because it was fake money. I could afford to lose all $100,000 of this fake money, and I would be fine. Exactly. And that's... I just wanted to point out, like, you can get lucky. Yeah. Like, that helped my performance a oh, yeah. lot. Oh, 72% yeah. up during that. On a 10-stock portfolio. On a 10-stock portfolio. That was big, yeah. and I picked it just because of the ticker. Right. No research involved. No, no thought process beside that. Yeah. And then I picked uh, Cooper Companies, which they were they did well. They were up like 27% which is better than the benchmark. But again, they make glasses. Now, I've seen this company. I actually knew who they were. But I picked it because at that point in time, three of my kids were getting glasses. And I was just thinking to myself, man, glasses industry. Right. <laughs> my family alone is just pumping some money into that. So, you know, again, it just was a random thing. I picked that Jeep because I like the Jeep. Yep. You know, I, it just... You can get lucky. I, I guess what I'm pointing out there is... Absolutely. I just make guesses. Well, and the interesting thing is... so. If you were to look specifically, let's look at consumer discretionary. Mm-hmm. So you had Fiat Chrysler. I did. I had Amazon. Yep. In five years, what what stock's going to do better? Yeah. You don't know, yeah. but but the, but where things were when we started was a lot more favorable for something like Fiat Chrysler having been beaten down yes. for this short term period down we were looking. Plus percent. Where Amazon had done really really well. Where I I I believe you know my mm-hmm. personal opinion. Not, don't. And put any money on this, but I believe that Amazon probably has better growth than a Fiat Chrysler yes. in the next longer term period. Mm-hmm. But it had done a great run up to that point. And so if you look backwards five years, it had Amazon's done great. Kick butt. Right. Yeah. So it's just it's a matter of time horizon. It really impacts everything. Yeah. And uh, I, I mean, Josh, we're going to do this again next year. Yes. So by the way, you won the donuts. Oh, I, I I'm bringing donuts. you some donuts. All right. Which I might have to sneak one, but that's, we're sharing them. Okay, that's providing. Good. <laughs> so we're going to have some donuts to celebrate Josh's win on this. But yeah, we're going to do this again next year, probably around the same period. So, uh listen in around the end of June, we will again probably do similar rules, same draft and same holding period and yeah. around the end of December we'll wrap it up again. Um, and do this. We'll just try and keep this going every year. So, yeah, if you guys, fun. yeah, if you guys have any thoughts or ideas or comments, uh, feel free to shout them out and give us an email. Uh, we'd love to hear from you at hello at the invested dads dot com. Josh, 
how can people help us to grow this podcast? Yeah, so we're heading into 2021. Um, if you have any topics you'd love us to talk about, you know, maybe something came up this year with everything that happened with COVID that you just have some questions on, shoot us an email. We'd love to talk about the topics that you have. Make sure you like this, share this with anybody who was interested in our stock trap. If they didn't realize we were doing our wrap-up, share it with them. And then again, if you want, we would love to connect with you and, and get to know you. If you were doing your own stock draft along with us and you, you kick both of our butts, let us know. For sure. You know, that would be great. So we're always interested in talking with you. So hello at the Invested Dad is the way to reach out to us. Yeah, and uh, always check out our free gift to you. It's a brief list of eight principles of timeless investing. These are overarching investment themes meant to keep you on track to meet your long-term, long-term goals. It's free. It's on our website. So check that out. Otherwise, until A, next week, but B, next stock draft... Signing off. The Invested Dads, Josh and Austin. Happy New Year. Thank you for listening to the Invested Dads podcast. This episode has ended, but your journey towards a better financial future doesn't have to. Head over to theinvesteddads.com to access all the links and resources mentioned in today's show. If you enjoyed this episode and we had a positive impact on your life, leave us a review. Click subscribe and don't miss the next episode. Josh Robb and Austin Wilson work for Hicks and Zerker Capital Management. All opinions expressed by Josh, Austin, or any podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Hicks and Zerker Capital Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Clients of Hicks and Zerker Capital Management may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. There is no guarantee that the statements, opinions, or forecasts provided herein will prove to be correct. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Indices are not available for direct investment. Any investor who attempts to mimic the performance of an index would incur fees and expenses, which would reduce returns. Securities investing involves risk, including the potential for loss of principal. There is no assurance that any investment plan or strategy will be successful.